In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 232. The power of Ion. Hell yes. (laughs) Finally. I told you guys this thing was coming, and it got delayed and pushed back and rearranged. But it was always planned to be happening sooner rather than later. So here we are. It's finally here. I hope we do it justice. Uh, This is something that I've wanted to cover for a really long time. I know Jim wanted to cover for a really long time when he was part of the Lantern cast. It's a, it's a whole thing. Uh, now, that so, he's, now that he's exiled, he still wants to be part of it, but based on recording schedule, he couldn't quite make the full broadcast like we wanted him to. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we always planned to have Jim on, but um, just uh, getting things scheduled and uh, getting uh, certain episodes out on time, uh, you know, in between trying to schedule a time to do this, it just didn't work out. And I just didn't want to push it back any further, so uh, Jim couldn't make it. But uh, he did leave us a little a voice message that we'll play later on in the show. So um, what we're going to do – see, I personally uh, consider the – I don't know what's actually in the trade. But I consider the power of Ion, the storyline, to be the last couple of pages of Green Lantern 143 through Green Lantern 150. Um, but there is some relevant sort of um, setup. That happens in the issues preceding these ones. So what we're going to do is um, um, Mark is going to give us a kind of a thousand foot recap uh, of those particular uh, issues. And then we'll kind of go into the power of Ion and I'll sort of do like a a trade type review of it. Uh, We might alternate uh, or something like that, but we're just going to go ahead and, and do it uh, that way. So, Mark, do you want to go ahead and take the, the thousand-foot approach there for the first couple issues? I will do that. Um, and tell people what issues you're talking about here. I'm going to. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I was, that's what I was going to do. Uh, the, so the, the first two issues I will just be recapping ever so briefly, or technically issues 138 and 139, uh, which was a two-part story which in which Jade and Kyle Rayner were basically – went off to the planet Tendax to try to basically be ambassadors and try to help negotiate a civil war or a war over dispute over land, essentially. And the reason why this is relevant for number eight, number one, is because this planet is something, is a planet we're going to come back to quickly after Kyle gains the ion power, because this is, there's kind of a hopelessness to the end of this two issue arc in which Kyle doesn't think he kind of says to Jay that there's not going to be anything left when to come back to because Jade wants to come back. It's like, are we going to come back here? 
and he just says, well, there's not going to be anything to come back to because essentially they're going to destroy each other. The real relevant thing in, in this issue was that Jade actually becomes aware in the second part of this issue about how Kyle's – the way Kyle's constructs and the way he uses his energy just seems so much more advanced than he either had been before and certainly beyond her, her capability with a power ring. So I think that's pretty much the main gist of those, of those two issues. Uh, issue 140 – it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because it's Kyle and Alan Scott at the forefront. And what's really relevant here is the fact that when Kyle and Alan are having a, discuss, having a discussion, Kyle makes it crystal clear for the first time that he's aware that his power has been acting differently, that he hasn't recharged his ring in like about nine months, that the constructs that he's making are, are much more advanced – much more complex, and so much so that basically there's, there's a girl that comes over who flirts with flirts with both Alan and Kyle when they're at, sitting at this, you know, at at this table at Radu's, and Kyle points out, well, this is this is what I mean by my constructs being advanced because you were just talking to one. That chick was basically, she was a construct. She looks completely human. She's not green or anything. And he, he just says, well, I'm, I'm going to wait till she goes around the corner, and I'm going to make her disappear. And Alan, and basically Alan and Kyle, they they kind of like have a like a ring versus ring duel, not really, you know, with no with no venom involved, but just because Kyle himself wants and wants to test out his new powers, and Alan's kind of curious about his power set too. So Kyle kind of, you know, Alan basically sees there's a change in Kyle, but he also knows that Kyle's kind of like been he still lowered guard and wasn't following through the way he should have. So this the issue was kind of funny because it's called alpha male bonding. So that was that was the relevant thing in that issue. And some of these issues also there's some, and especially it starts on one and it's really prevalent in issue 141. There's some back and it comes into play when we go through the actual uh, power of ion issues, the 143 to 150. There's a lot of dynamic being built up between, ironically, now that we see how it's played out, between John Stewart and Fatality. That John's coming to see Fatality, who's locked up. At this point, John's still in his wheelchair. Fatality has her, you know, her replacement arm for when she lost hers. And there's a lot of flirting and a lot of psychological games being played about between the two of them, including the fact that eventually, fate, you know, Fatality kind of acknowledges, and I think that's maybe in uh, the proper issues. That you know, John's really issue is psychological when it comes to being in the wheelchair. But with with Kyle, we, the real the, the storyline in 141 and 142 has to do with Kyle and Jade, and basically I'm trying to get the actual the villains that they're fighting by name in this issue, um, wherever they are, uh, Inferno. And the real relevant of, the relevance of this is that Kyle basically he, again he's careless, which kind of follows up on the the Alan Scott exercise that Kyle makes a mistake he gets careless and he gets the entire back of his body burned and for a large part of the next issue Kyle's out of it because he can't he's just you know he's trying to heal himself but essentially he's concentrating too hard and he finds that out because Hal Jordan as the Spectre comes to Kyle very Obi-Wan Kenobi like is Kyle himself even directly references and he tells Kyle, you know, you're, you're concentrating too hard. You have to heal yourself, not just for now, but what's coming. You have to be prepare, prepared for what's coming. And Kyle kind of takes, you know, he's able to heal himself by listening to Hal's advice. Boom, boom, boom. They beat Inferno. But then we, 
as we're about to see, we need to kind of figure out what Hal is was talking about when he told Kyle, you know, he had to be ready for what for basically what was coming next. He had to prepare, and I think that's a pretty quick version of one thirty eight through one forty one. Now, do me a favor. Uh, now, if if you haven't, if you read this, or if you haven't, it's no big deal. Uh, uh, what can you tell people about the Joker Last Laugh crossover? Oh God. I don't because I, I did not read anything I didn't, whatsoever only, to do with this except for this one issue. The only other issue I have, which was pretty cool, and, and obviously Jim and I will get to it at some point, is the issue of the Spectre because it's a parallel. It's a the Jokerized parallax, but I don't actually remember what the what the concept was behind why all these villains were able to be basically powered up or, or, or joke or jokerized so I I honestly can't tell you much I don't re- I don't remember much of much about that crossover to be honest with you so I can't I'm kind of unfortunately a little a little foggy on what the relevance was of you know that storyline okay so uh, issue 143 uh, is Graven's last laugh. Uh, the title on the inside is "I'm here all week. Make sure you take care of your waitresses." Um, <laughs> I like that. That was good. There's there's a lot happening uh, here. Uh, Nero uh, is stuck in the woods. There's a big joke. The big Joker thing going on. Graven is Jokerized. Uh, Terry uh, is ha- which is uh, Kyle's uh, assistant. Uh, you know, is talking to Kyle about his situation and the fact that he's gay. And his mother recently asked if he was uh, if he was gay, and you know it's a he has not sure if he's ready to have that conversation or not. You know, there's a lot of that happening there, which of course we get to later on uh, in the series after 150. Um, uh, but that's you know that's something we've already covered before. So um, a lot, a lot, a lot happening here. I'm not even going to bother going through it. But at one point, the entire city is uh, being threatened to to blow up. Uh, by Graven, Joker Graven. And it's at this point now that the, everything's on the line that Kyle subconsciously taps into this power. And it says, you know, just to read the caption box here, for the past year, Kyle Rayner has been aware of a great change, the most obvious aspect being that his ring is not needed to be recharged. Less apparent at first was the increase in his power. But as time went on, he noticed it. He felt it. He, it seemed limitless. It frightened him. Too much to embrace it. Now it has happened. With the threat of the destruction of the entire city and all its inhabitants, he unconsciously becomes one with that power. He thinks of Hal Jordan, who lost his city and his loved ones, and it seems easy. So he takes this bomb. He's not going to make it. He's going to contain it. So he contains it in this bubble, explodes, and Kyle Rayner comes out the other end glowing. And I'm talking glowing with almost white... uh, white green i would say energy and from the day he was given the mantle of the green lantern his this power has been fueling kyle rayner he became aware of it a year ago he had no idea that it was his to claim to use to champion that power sought him out it quietly joined itself with the remnants of another great power one called parallax but its silence is broken and the world can see what the green lantern has felt coursing through him the time has come. It has begun. And we see Kyle Rayner changed, not sure how, and Nero being powered up. And back uh, 
Next up, we've got uh, the issue uh, 144. It's called uh, the, uh, the Battle of Fire and Light, and it picks up where we left off. Kyle and Nero were both kind of staring at the sun, and there was this green dot in the sun. And people the world over can see this. Uh, meanwhile, uh, now, I, I love this story, guys. Just kind of um, uh, going to throw that out here, just kind of interject. I love this story. It's several issues long, though. And I don't, as much as I love the story, I don't want to give you guys a three-hour episode. So there are times when I'm going to go in-depth on this, and there are times when I'm going to just give you a thousand-foot level. So heads up. Um, meanwhile, uh, Jade uh, is trying to get Kyle Rayner's attention. He is overwhelmed with uh, sensory input. Uh, he's, uh, even though it doesn't visually look like it, he's kind of, in his mind's eye, he is in this kind of field of white, um, and he is uh, just kind of uh, omnipresent and yet unaware. Um, Jade is trying to get a hold of it or get, you know, get his attention, you know, give him a touch point. She's thinking to herself, you know, I'm, I'm going to need some help. I need to go to the JLA or at least John, as in John Stewart. And he hears this thought that says, yes, John, go to John. And she says, wait, how did you? And then he says, John can help. And then, boom, I don't know if he teleports her or just, like, them both. I don't know what happens. They, he, he teleports them both um, into John Stewart's apartment. Uh, John Stewart's and – how do you say it? Marin. Marin? Okay, thank you. Um, uh, their apartment. And he – John Stewart is looking through a pinhole box camera uh, at the sun. All of a sudden, bam, we've got company. Um they don't know what's going on. John immediately doesn't know what's going on and insists they call in some help. So they call in Alan Scott. Uh, and uh, Alan's, it's odd. I'll give you that. <laughs> Jade. God, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dad. I'm so glad we called you. Odd. <laughs> if you could bypass your coolest ice, Grayson, under pressure veneer and just get him out of this. <laughs> Anyways, Alan tries to make contact. It's too much for him. He even gets a uh, like a shock. Uh, he gets electrocuted a sh- almost. A sh- yes, he gets electrocuted. Um, Kyle is still in this kind of white space. He sees oblivion, and then guess again, it's actually parallax. And it's he just kind of these flashes that he's getting. Jade and Alan keep trying to make contact with him. It's not working. Um, then he hears Jade say, Kyle, you know, it's Kyle, it's me, Jen, can you hear me? Yes, of course I can hear you. Uh, she's, you know, then stop this before you kill us. We're going to a great deal of trouble to get your damned attention. Um, he says, yeah, so he kind of tones down, I've, I've got a handle on this, uh, yeah, everything's fine. Um, he says, you know, he's talking about how Oblivion is returning, uh, and he says, you know, I'm quite in control, and Oblivion hasn't returned, at least not in the sense that you're thinking about. Oblivion never really existed. Uh, And now, well, I understand it all. Uh, Oblivion was an inadvertent construct of my subconscious, that much we knew. It represented some of my most base fears, my anxiety, self-doubt, even hatred and self-loathing. Even though it was a construct that gained some kind of sentience, it was defeated. When it was defeated, I thought it just ceased to exist. I should have realized that it couldn't just up and uh, disseminate that power had to go somewhere 
And yeah, Alan's like, well, it went into you. He says, no, it sought out the power of the Green Lantern, and it found Parallax. When Hal Jordan reignited the sun, he left residue of the Parallax power. Not a lot, but just a small amount of Parallax was enough to draw the energy that was Oblivion to it. I've been siphoning off that power ever since. And despite the fact that I was using and expelling that energy, it wasn't in decreasing. It was growing. I was creating a stronger portal for the power to flow through. That's why I've been able to create strong constructs as big, as powerful, as frequent, as alive as I have been. When the power of Oblivion was, was met with Parallax, they reformed and grew. I've been tapping into a source of unimaginable power. Uh, and he says, you know, I, I, you know, I, it was a shock at first. It's just, you know, my brain was trying to read everything at one time and I just shut it down and, uh, I've got it now. I'm going to claim it and I'm supposed to. And then all of a sudden he feels it, you know, he feels it too. Nero. And Nero is seeking to claim this power as well. Uh, he up and disappears. Meanwhile, he's just, uh, Jade's ring has copped a charge off Kyle just by being that close to him. Um, and Nero, uh, now I don't want to read too much, but Nero, Mark, would you say it's fair to say that Nero is Kyle's opposite half as Kyle is powered up, so is Nero? That's essentially what it is. For the, for the is. most part, I don't necessarily know if they were, if I, if at least ba based on reading the issues, if you can think they got quite the same charge, but maybe if you look at the last panel, even though it is the sun, so it would be yellow anyway. But maybe in a way that's supposed to symbolize a little bit, the, you know, of the duality of of they're both getting a charge. I think they're both feeding off of it. I kind of always got the impression that Kyle maybe was, when it came to constructs, at least to start with, was feeding off of it more. But there's no doubt that that same that they're both drawn to that same power and they're both feeling it, feeding off of it, and act, and so much like Hal and Sinestro that these they're kind of Kyle and Nero are opposite, you know sides of the coin that are that are fighting over the same pot they're trying to win right and speaking of 145 this is another kind of thousand foot level thing kyle and nero are having this epic battle it's space. a great cover too i love that surfing cover that yes uh, it's a great cover yeah uh, that cover it, basically this is the cover guys if you've seen it in the back issue bins uh, Kyle is in space, Earth is in the background, and Kyle is riding this massive green wave on the, he's at the top of the, the crest of the wave, uh, right before it does the rip curl, um, and he's riding a green construct surfing board, and the wave is, says Green Lantern. And anyways, Kyle and Nero are having this massive battle in space. Uh, meanwhile, down on Earth, John, Marin, uh, Marin? Tell me again. I think it's Marin, but it could be Marin. Okay. Uh, John, Marin, Alan, and Jade are all debating about what Kyle is gonna needs to do. Um, Jade just wants to help. Uh, we just we need to have Alan reassures her. We just need to have faith in Kyle. He'll he'll get this done. Um. There they can Nero and uh, and and uh, and uh, Kyle uh, continue their fight. Um. And then a, a Quardian, a group of Quardians, comes up and interrupts the fight. It's it's kind of convoluted. It's insane. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> we, they, they 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 sense the power. Um, he, you know, if, if Nero is the weirdo of the power of the lantern, if he should become om, omnipotent, his first victims will be those who helped created him. He has murdered his kin before. It is his pathology. The son is to slay the father. 
the son is to slay the father to be made supreme. He will destroy us all. So they're kind of fighting for their own their own survival. The the Quardians are taken care of. They're they're taken out of the picture. Nero lights up with his power the same way Kyle is glowing with his, and they they become increasingly increasingly powerful. And then all of a sudden, Kyle grows to this immense size. Um, we're going to end this. We're going to do this on my terms. We fight like men. No magic rings. No talk of gods. No ancient powers from far off galaxies. Flesh and blood of men. Uh, so he kind of takes Nero into this so, uh, state of being he was in uh, in the issue previous, which is this white background, and they're just kind of, you know, having this existential mental struggle. Uh, and he defeats Nero. He, he beats him to a pulp. Um, and then uh, he sees two windows. Uh, one is to the window outside of the bar when Ganthet tossed him the ring and said do what you must the other is a window to the sun uh, and it's it's glowing green spot and that's when he says i know this is you hal tell me what you're offering and hal shows up as the specter and says i offer you nothing i'm merely illuminating the possibilities it is within your power to make these things happen and Kyle's like, I can go back to Raw again, where it all began. I can say no. I can give up being Green Lantern, return to who I was before, or I can embrace the full power of the Lantern and become something different. And Hal says yes. Uh, he's like, well, why? Why are you telling me this? You know, have I done such a bad job that I should undo it all, or is what I will become too dangerous? And Hal says, neither. You are honorable. The good you have done is immeasurable, and what you will become, it is only as dangerous as the man who wields it. As to why I have made you aware of these choices, and he's silent for a couple panels. He says, I only wish someone had shown me. And he has made his choice. It's the obvious one. He goes uh, out into space to claim the power trapped in the sun. He's shaped by it, molded by it. He says, you know, I'm not Green Lantern, I'm not Oblivion, I'm not Parallax, I am more, because I am less, because I am less, I am a part of it all. I am the whole, and I am in the, I am the individual, I am everywhere at once. Green Lantern is no more, the power is mine, and I am the Ion. Such a cool, the wording this, in this stuff Yeah, is this so is one awesome. of my, of, of this whole storyline, this is one, this is one of my favorite issues, uh. Uh, the art is really good. The Dale Eagle Sham art is really, really good in this issue. Uh, and I love, I love, and it makes sense because I'm a Hal guy. I love the stuff between Kyle and Hal. I just love that the way Hal is basically showing, showing Hal that I mean, showing Kyle the two choices, and then and that, and you read it very well. The part when about when Kyle's at first completely confused why Hal's doing this. It's like, are you saying I? And it's kind of essentially, again, for better or for worse, whether you think it's a good trait of Kyle's or a bad trait, you know, Kyle tends to doubt himself. So it is certainly in character with Kyle for him to, to automatically assume, like, why are you showing me this? Have I done really that shitty a job as Green Lantern? Or is it going to be even worse once I, have, once I become more powerful? And Hal essentially, in a way, a very human-like moment for Hal as a specter is, is just the fact that I just, you know, maybe – Kind of lamenting the fact that maybe you know I would have done things differently as Parallax if so, if I had the opportunity to see what my choices were and how and how things could have turned out, you know if somebody could have given me that moment of clarity uh, before 
you know, I started my journey, maybe things would maybe things would have been different. So, and I just and, and overall, I just something we see carry forward. We saw building up to this in the previous issues that I, uh, the one I did the quick summary on how. Which is kind of ironic since when we, when we, when Jim and I talked about the issues of, uh, the first appearance of Hal's the Spectre, I think 119 in Green Lantern, how Hal kind of refused the role of kind of being a mentor on any kind of level for Kyle, saying that's really not my bag. But yet, as we saw play out in the issues building up to this, to him embracing the ion power, that in a way, Hal ha- kind of has become a mentor to Kyle leading him along the way, kind of helping him prepare for what was coming. And then, of course, obviously this factors into the end of the Ion storyline, too, when Kyle, when Hal kind of has a big influence on what Kyle does with that power. So, mm-hmm. I really, this this issue, the issue we're going to do next, 146 and 150, I think, are my favorite in, in the yeah. storyline. I think it's really, really well done, really well written. And, do, you, do you want to take 146, then? Just give it a thousand foot thing, and just give me a break real quick, and I'll do the others and absolutely <laughs> all right one, this four, is one of your yeah. favorites no you know? absolutely i i it's it, it's a perfect perfect segue i kind of thought that i, I think it's also interesting so the artwork is different because like the cover says it's eagle sham who must have drawn the cover but obviously the what it, it's jamal igley and I, who did the jamal eagle eagle i'm sorry yes uh eagle and and even though his style is really kind of different and it makes Kyle look really, really different based on what he is in this issue, maybe it, it kind of fits. <laughs> but essentially the issue, in a nutshell, we see that you know Kyle's, Kyle's in bed with Jade and you know, his eyes are wide open and green. And we basically kind of get a summary of you know what – Hand of God Part 1 is essentially what this part of the Ion storyline is entitled, and you know we see uh, we see Kyle coming back to Earth for the first time in his new uniform and his ion power, and essentially again trying to give the, the quick overview, is that Kyle has basically now he is this um, he really is omnipotent that he literally can be anywhere at any time and, and not just one place he can be absolutely everywhere at the same time, and one of the things we see which is why we talked about it is that Kyle ends up going back to Tendax. You know, to try to deal with the civil war situation and the terrorism and everything else, and he's brought to the table with the leaders. And at first, they misunderstand. You know, they still still arguing, and they kind of go to Kyle's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm sorry." You know, it's like we're we're all sorry. We kind of wasted your time in coming here. There really can't be, you know, there can't be any treaty agreed upon now. You you know, I'm, we're sorry. And Kyle goes, "You know, you misunderstand what I mean." He's like, "It's like you're, you know, when I said, because Kyle says it's over, it's like, no, what I meant was your war is over because I'm ending it. You know, I have the ability to end it. You know, if anybody tries to use their weapons, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make, you know, make them pretty much going to negate their power. I'm just going to always be there watching over you. And you kind of, they kind of have an image of Kyle watching over the city and watching over everything. And Kyle is like telling this to Jade. And she goes, okay, that sounds really good. But what happens when you're not there? What happens when you come home? And that's when Kyle reveals that's what you're kind of missing the point, Jen. I'm I'm there now. I'm never coming home. I'm, that that part of me is always going to be there, and I can do you know I can do all these things. And one of the interesting things at the end of the issue, you know, is that you know besides the fact that you we know that Kyle can literally be whatever how many different places he wants to be and where he can do that, is that Kyle when he's in bed with Jen goes you know there's nothing I can do pretty much except sleep. He goes I can't sleep. That Kyle can't sleep anymore, and he goes, "Wow, I really didn't see that coming." So that pretty much was, you know, the summary of 146. But yeah, and just just to give you guys kind of a little bit, a little bit, 
So he says, you know, when when Jay shows up at the apartment, Terry's like, you know, he, you know, we're so far ahead of schedule. Uh, he's just getting everything done. Uh, I don't know what he's been eating, but I need to get me some. He, he he's doing everything, and she's like, I thought you were using your powers it was a big no no. He says. Oh, I'm not exactly. Oh, and you can stop whispering. I'm blocking the sound waves from traveling towards Terry. And she's like, "You're what?" <laughs> He's like, "A lot of stuff, you know." How? She's how much are you able to do? A lot of stuff. I'm not cheating on my art. The best way I could to to describe it, I have greater access to the part of my brain that controls creativity. It's a better focus. All I have to do is turn my mental beacon to it, and pop. There's a whole wealth of ideas, no longer cluttered by random thoughts. And then she sees him being omnipresent. You know, there's a live report of stuff going on in Uganda. And then what Mark said about the, the, the Tendax thing and all this stuff happening both uh, on world and off world, um, uh, including, of course, mainly the Tendax stuff. Um, and it's a lot for Jade to, to the point, you know, you, what you're talking about doing is stuff that people normally and this is a big part of the issue, this this storyline guys and and once we get to the end of it this is a big part of why i like this story so much she says you were talking about doing things that people normally attribute to to and he says say it she says to god and he says genuinely lynn hayden i am not god i have no idea what being god entails but i it ain't what i'm doing now i hold the power of the lantern it has made me one of the big boys that's all i'm just a bigger badder butt kicking hero I'm still me. I'm still Kyle Rayner, artist, intellectual, lover of fine food, small dogs, and bad motion pictures. And she says, you cut your hair. He says, what? Hey, watch the do. She says, you were given infinite power, and the first thing you did was give yourself a trim. <laughs> that's what makes her feel better. It's, it's so human of him to do that, and that's how she kind of comes to grips with it. Uh, so, so that's the, 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 the whole, the whole idea of Kyle, not just being powerful, but Kyle being a God essentially is part of the reason I love this story so much, especially when you get to 150 and what he ends up doing with the power instead. I don't know about you, Mark, but no, that's, I... the, that's the big part of the reason I like this story. No, I, I do. I like the fact that yes, I mean, because in a way, you still see the essence of who Kyle is, because you see the difference between, her, you know, pros and cons. You see the difference between Kyle with um, with almost unlimited power versus, let's say, with Hal when he had unlimited power. Yes, the circumstances for gaining that power are entirely different. To be fair, also, uh, that the dominoes that led Hal to his circumstance are certainly a lot different than Kyle, but. Still, you get to see the essence of who Kyle is when he's embracing this power in that it's not – that essentially for the most part, Kyle isn't really – he's not really looking at, looking at it from a selfish point of view. What he's trying to do is give back and and whether he goes too far or not is – you know obviously as we see once we get to like issue 149 especially, which is another one I like, that uh, it's debatable you know whether Kyle is going too far or not. But the point – but still, we know deep down Kyle isn't – whatever everything Kyle is doing, he's doing for really for the right reason and he's not trying to do it because he can, you know, kind of. Not not from that from an ego point of view. He he's doing it because he can because he's capable of it and other people can't, but not because he's getting some kind of personal uh sa that much personal satisfaction out of it. Like patting himself on the back for doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um the next issue this one's hard to recap, uh, at a thousand foot level. 
um, because it's a really good John Stewart character piece. Uh, this one is called uh, F- uh, issue 147, Prisoner of the Lantern. With another great cover. Yes, uh, it, it is uh, John Stewart in his Green Lantern gear with a mask, strangely, um, and he's uh, strapped to a wheel, a construct wheelchair, uh, on what looks like a dried, uh, you know, when it rains and then it dries out really quick and the 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 dirt cracks uh, into these mud-like patterns or whatever. He's on that. Um, the issue opens with Kyle and John. And essentially, what Kyle is doing is he's telling John, there's nothing wrong with your back. There's no scar tissue. There's no nothing. Uh, you're, you're fine. Uh, your therapist and everybody says, uh, you know, that, that it's all in your head. Um, and it, it really is. Um, he says, all that's there is a small patch of energy from Parallax. It looks to me that the power Hal gave you that healed you and gave you your ability to walk that you later dispelled in that tussle with Parallax. And I thought maybe inadvertently blocking the nerve impulses on those vertebrae. He's like, well, with your new powers ion, can you remove it? And he says, I did it, John, yesterday. And he asked to be alone and Kyle teleports out of there. Uh, John tries to stand up and falls face first into the ground. Uh, he goes to his uh, who's his psychiatrist is, uh, and starts talking to him about his life. Um, this is the part where it gets kind of hard to do this at a thousand foot level. Um, essentially, uh, John was um, John as as a kid was uh, took his aunt's car out for a joyride and. You know, a drunk driver ran a stop sign, uh, a stop sign, a big truck, and the car was totaled. Uh, and you know, I've never seen my aunt so mad. It really struck me. You know, I, I I turned I turned it around after that. You know, I started hitting the books, started getting into architecture, uh, and he throughout the story he keeps saying us, and he says. Uh, you, you said us. Who was with you in the car? My little brother Damon was with me. He really wanted to go. He loved going in the car. Not after that, though. He wouldn't even ride the school bus for a month. Uh, he, you know, but he wasn't hurt. No, the only one that got hurt was this puppy we had. He said, you know, you bought a puppy on a joyride. It was, you know, the only thing we had. You know, and he go, talks about growing up and. Uh, you know, my aunt Loretta was really proud, and in this this whole thing. And then he talks about his history as Green Lantern, uh, his failures like uh, like like Zanshi and stuff like that, his time with the JLA and and things like that. You know, if if you you know, he says this is if John recognizes that this is a psychosomatic thing. You know, he's like, well, if you recognize this, why are you still unable to walk? So he hypnotizes him. Uh, and walks him through his life. You know, what was it like to be a Green Lantern? Uh, what was it like to, uh, uh, to uh, be a part of the core and stuff? You know, I wasn't Hal Jordan. I wasn't Guy Gardner. Where did that leave me? My whole life, I've always had to measure myself against others. First, it was my father. Um, uh, I am better than my father and, and things like that. And he's talking about, he goes through stuff with parallax um 
confronting that and the destruction of Oa and the power battery and his time as a dark star and with uh, meeting Marin and then he he's kind of reliving all of these moments um, being hypnotized and he's then attacked by by Graven he says you know I am not the sole reason you are what you are uh, am I not not this uh, am I not the sole reason you are what you are uh, and you know John's like yes it's you you know he says uh, John tells him to shut up why I'm helping this is what you want mask it hide it cram it all into a box of despair and disgust the facade continues you are crippled because of a warped demigod uh, you were healed but somehow it's backfired on you the fates continue to conspire it has nothing to do with you you're always and you are as you always have been John Stewart helpless uh, and then he mentally destroys him and he says he says you know still in this hypnosis state he's talking to John he's like what's the story you repeat every session and then choose to forget every session you recount this incident what time in your life it's fighting to get out of you you've been driving down this road for months a carload of tests I'm riding on the edge. Loretta's car was totaled. It just got killed. It just got killed. I'm in the car with Damon. I'm just going to drive a few blocks to the diner. We should have walked. We all should have walked. We all? Who is there, John? Damon. And who else? Who else is there? The puppy. The puppy's in the back. What is the puppy's name? Rose. Rose was hurt in the crash. See, she... Oh, God, she's dead. Who is dead, John? Who? No. Tell me, John. It's there. It's time. No. John, you have to. You have to face this. The answer's right in front of you, John. <clears throat> he says, stop fighting it, John. We're here. What happened that you're punishing yourself for? What have you blocked out? You're ready. Look and tell me what you see. John says, it's Rose. I killed Rose. There wasn't a... There wasn't a puppy in the car. It was my sister. Oh, God, I killed my little sister. I killed Rose. And then he, in his hypnotic state, the, the psychiatrist says, you'll remember everything that happened. We're going to come back now, but all that you've seen will remain locked in your memory now. Awaken. And John comes back, uh, you know, and he's obviously grief-stricken. Uh, he needs to be sedated. Uh, the doctor visits Marin, lets her know all that's going on. She visits John and says, you know, uh, she goes into his room. Are you okay? And he says, I'm okay. I can walk. Um, he's going to be a little slow going. He's got a lot going on, but he's got, you know, Marin there to, to lean on. That was a little, a little more detailed than I wanted, but that was ex because we don't get so many, very many uh, John Stewart character spotlights. I thought that was a really important issue. No, it was, and based on John Stewart's history and everything, and what, what was going to happen after that fact, it was it was it was all pretty relevant. For sure. Yeah, when I read that one, like I, even I didn't see it coming. Like you know, when you're reading a comic, you know, especially you know older comics, you know, and this is I mean, this is you know, 2002, 2001, something like that. So it's not super old, but, you know, you kind of feel like when you read a comic that unless they're being super clever, 
it's sort of predictable at some point what's going to happen. I didn't see it coming at all when I first read this. Not at all. Like, I thought he was going to feel guilty over it being the puppy. Or I thought the puppy was going to turn out to be Damon. I had no idea, it, like, he had a sister. I mean, it was totally out of left field for me. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought it was extremely important. Plus, you get a good, a really nice recap of John's history. Uh, all the stuff he's been through as Green Lantern, as a Dark Star, uh, as a man, you know, stuff like that. So you also get a, a bit of history with him and his father and, and things like that. So, uh, But uh, 148, the old is new again. Uh, it's uh, called Hand of God, Day 3, Lost and Found. And this one uh, kind of spotlights Jenny. Um, Jenny is uh, going up against uh, Sonar. Um, I believe this is the son of Sonar. This isn't Sonar that we know from the Silver Age. This is uh, a man taking that name. She's fighting him. She's thinking about all the stuff that's uh, been going on. Uh, Kyle is kind of looking over her. He's uh, watching everything that's going on. He knows that she can handle it, but he's ready to intercede if uh, if something goes wrong. Um, she ends up taking him out by kicking him in the balls. So there you go. Uh, um, <laughs> Sometimes there's no point in messing around. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. Um, he says, you know, they they're they're all they they have dinner. They're talking, and and this is Kyle's continually kind of relaying more information about his power Zion. He can... He, he says, you know, joke if you must, but you severely bruised four ribs. I'd say that they were as close to being broken as one could get without actually being broken. And she's like, I don't... I didn't, wasn't aware that you were an x-ray uh, equipment. Uh, I wasn't aware that uh, x-ray equipment could get such a precise picture. And he says, x-rays don't. I can feel the bruises. <laughs> like, all this stuff. Um... Then Terry comes and knocks on the window, and uh, he's out with his boyfriend, and you know they they say hey, they're having fun. Then we cut to Metropolis, and Superman is at home on the couch watching TV, wearing what looks to be nothing but a robe, because you know we need that. Um, I guess that's sexist to me, because you know if it was a chick in that same position, I wouldn't be very upset. Um, so. He's watching news reports about Ion. Uh, Lois comes in and so says, Green Lantern is Ion now. Well, he sure is keeping busy, and all Clark can say is, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, there's a not, we cut back to New York. There's a knock on the, the apartment uh, door at uh, Kyle and Jenny's place, and it's John and uh, Marin. And Jade is like, oh, hey, John, come on in. And she's like, uh, oh, my God. And John, John, you're walking. He says, I am walking. John, you are walking. You are standing up and walking. John. And Kyle's like, stop screaming and let him inside for crying out loud. <laughs> and there's a – they kind of catch up. They tell him the whole story about what happened last issue and, and what's all going on. And uh, Jenny's like, let's all go dancing. And, you know, she's like, no, seriously, we should all go dancing. Uh, they all agree, and they all go out to uh, a nightclub and, and go dancing together. Um and, you know, uh, so everybody's kind of spending good uh, good quality time together. And then Kyle and uh, uh, Kyle and Jenny go up to the, to the roof and kind of spend some time together. And 
and uh, and, and kind of uh, come to terms with one another. And then Kyle brings up the fact that Jenny has been running on a ring the whole time. Jenny used to have innate abilities, uh, being the daughter of Alan Scott. Kind of uh, now, I don't remember. It was Heart of Darkness was before this, so right. I th- think so. So we know that the Star Heart is basically how Jenny has her powers, and those powers were essentially turned off. He says, uh, "You know, it was a part of you, and it's gone." She says, "Yes, I suppose that was." Uh, I was tiptoeing around that I've always felt a sense of loss being without my natural power, but I try not to dwell on it too much. He says, do you want them back? And she says, oh, of course, but I really don't think dwelling on And then she looks at him. She says, we're not having a hypothetical conversation, are we? He says, no, we're not. If you want your powers to return, I can do that for you. He says, your powers aren't completely gone. They've been stripped. You've been stripped of them, but they still lie dormant inside of you, in your DNA. In the energy signatures that make up your system, and I can see them. I know I can bring them back out. I can do so many things now, but it doesn't mean anything if I can't help you. It's nothing to be frightened of. It's just like what I've been telling you. It's all about energy, and it's something I can fix. And she says, she ends up agreeing. He says, okay, it's done. And he takes her ring from her and says, it's done. You have your powers again. And she lights up. Um, and she puts on her costume that she had as Green Lantern. Uh, earlier in the issues, but she makes a change. She puts the star heart there, the the symbol of the star heart there, um, and they go flying off into the night. Nice. Yes. Can I do one forty nine? Yes. I hate you, but yes. Well, I can do one fifty. It's your. No, I figured no, no, you'd no, want no. one fifty more. I'll take, take one fifty, but I really, I really like one forty nine. So yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm sure the. I'm sure there will be things for you to add. So yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so 149, which is basically the second to last part of the Ion storyline, and we it begins on the just in the Justice League Watchtower, and Kyle's just sitting there, silent, kind of like, kind of like in a way like he was doing more or less when he was on ten, you know, uh, ten decks for dealing with the listening to them squabble and not saying anything at first. But the whole Justice League is there, and then they go on full alert because they, you know, they basically detect crystal invaders of Carolax or Licks. And Batman and the whole team is getting ready to scramble. Oh, we need Ray Palmer. All they, he's trying to organize every a, a counter strike, and Kyle goes, "Yeah, don't worry, I took care of it." He says, "What?" <laughs> and then we kind of get a few panels of the wake of the of how Kyle went and dealt with them and sent them a message and things like that. And and Kyle goes, "Oh, it's like yeah." And then you know they won't they won't you know. They'll, you know, word spreads about these things, so you know they won't be back, and it's good to send a message. You know, it's just good to make a statement like that. And and again, just picking up on what, uh, but but we saw with, with Superman watching it on TV last issue, which Chad described that Chad Chad. <laughs> I was like, I was looking for your name for a second, and all I could think of was Kyle, and now I'm ready to go, and I think I say Chad. <laughs> Superman takes. Kyle aside, and he goes, you know, well, everything you've been doing is just so extraordinary, and first Kyle's like, oh, well, thank you, it's good to know that, you know, you you approve of what I'm doing, that I'm making a difference, and Superman goes, well, actually, that's kind of the point, Kyle, I'm not really sure if I do approve, and he just kind of says, you know, it's like, I think you're overstepping your bounds, because I think there's a fine line between kind of like looking out for people, and basically taking away their life for them, taking away their choice, and it's like, you've always made it 
even as Green Lantern, Kyle, you've always made a significant difference, but now it's kind of like, uh, you know, now it's kind of like, uh, it's just crossing the line. And Kyle even says something like, you know, I didn't really think you of all people would be jealous and everything. And Superman just kind of points, and I'll read this, you know, it's like, Superman goes, our job, our purpose is to protect people in the grand scheme of things. We keep the world spinning on, on its axis, prefer, you know, proverbially, uh, proverbially, I can't even say it, proverbially. And literally, when the unimaginable occurs, we step in and throttle the, and throttle the life out of it. We allow humanity to keep on living, but we don't do the living for them. And essentially, that's what Superman is, thinks that Kyle might be doing, why he's overstepping his bounds. And then Superman kind of shows Kyle how you know there's, there's like 50 different websites at least in you know just in just in the United States have kind of like set up almost like uh, pray uh, holding Ion up like a god. The Gospel of Ion is one of them. Just the fact that they're putting him up on worshiping him, and Kyle was you know Kyle's kind of taken aback by that. And Superman just goes, you know, just think about it, Kyle. You know, you you have to find your place in the world, and you have to leave room for the people on it to live. So then you see, you know, firefighters putting out a fire, and Kyle's just kind of, kind of observing it, and you know, but Kyle's about to, well, he's about to leave. He's about, does he put the fire out, or does he just think about putting the fire out? No, he thinks about it. That's what I, that's what I thought. So he's Kyle's contemplating jumping into action to help the firefighters, but he stops. He has a second thought, and then we see the end of the issue. He's he and Alan Scott are sitting there talking together, and. Basically, Kyle's kind of having at the tip, at the tipping point now, trying to decide what to do. And at, when he and he and Alan are talking, and Kyle, you know, is kind of admitting everything was simpler the week before, and that you know, before I make up my final decision, essentially what I'm going to do with this power or how I'm going to go forward, there's somebody I need to talk to, somebody who I've never really met. And Alan asks him, "Who's that?" And he goes, "I need to see my father." Love this issue. Yeah, this issue is pretty good. Especially the stuff with Superman, um, because when you read it, you're like, Superman, you arrogant son of a bitch. Uh, and there's even a panel or two where Superman looks arrogant. Um, yeah, uh, that's true. They, they draw him that way on purpose. Um, there's a panel where, um, where on the page where, uh, I think it's page nine, where Ion says, uh, so where were we, John? You were going to show us the specs on the new wing, right? And says, yes, absolutely. And we punch him up on the monitor A. It'll only take a moment. That look on Superman's face when he's looking behind Kyle's chair. Like an asshole. The next page, like an asshole. Um, then there's the, the biggest one, though, is on page 12 where he says, Kyle, we have to strike a balance between protecting people maintaining a sense of order and becoming too great a force in their lives. Yeah, he does he's have his, he does have a pompous look on his face there. Yep, he's got his arms crossed across uh, folded across his chest, his eyes are closed and looking off into the distance like this pompous superiority thing, for sure. And then once he starts making his point, all of that's gone. They don't draw him like that anymore. So that's a really good use of art, I think, to go along with what the the character is saying like so the the reader thinks along with Kyle seriously superman and then superman makes his point and you don't see that out of superman visually again so it's almost like even though you're viewing Kyle and superman it's almost like you're seeing superman from Kyle's perspective 
like you're reading his facial expressions wrong. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So that's that. It's just awesome. And maybe I'm reading into that too much, but it's 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 really good. So I like it. Okay. And the stuff with Alan. Yeah, they have such they have they have such a they have such a good relationship that it's yes. it's always nice to see even when when they're just sitting there and having their having their talk about anything. Going back to even when Kyle, you know, almost like it almost bookends the entire storyline since you had the issue when Kyle is first kind of confiding in Alan about the changes in his powers, and now you have like and and. In, in, in the you know in the final moments of uh, in the final moments of Kyle essentially being ion as we have come to know him that you know he's he's kind of again having a conversation with Alan Scott so I think that's pretty cool. And speaking of final moments as Kyle is ion here it is guys issue one fifty featuring an epic cover. Yeah, the cover is great. Epic cover. If I could have this cover in way more crisp detail on a poster, buy it in a heartbeat. Um, issue begins recapping origins the origin of Alan Scott the train crash and everything the origin of Hal Jordan with uh, Abin Sur the uh, the uh, induction of Hal into the core the origin of John Stewart the origin of Guy Gardner uh, even a, a shout out to the crisis in there um then there's a, a flashback to Emerald Twilight and Hal becoming Parallax. And as Parallax is blasting off the surface of Oa into space, we see Kyle Rayner as Ion. And behind him is Hal Jordan as the Spectre. He says, what is the purpose of this? And Kyle says, and hello to you, Hal. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> and Hal says, forgive my lack of propriety, but... That is of no consequence. What brings you here? What is to be gained by observing these exchanges in the past? And Kyle's like, you sound ashamed. I'm sorry. He says, my supposed feelings do not enter into it. I am more concerned with your motives. Have you slipped into the time stream as an observer of these events? Or do you plan to be a participant? And Kyle says, let's just say I'm thinking about it. And Hal says, that would be unwise. In all of your experience, what is what has been the outcome of attempting to alter the past? It is a line that cannot be bent, broken, and when re- and when repaired. Yeah, and when repaired, it has always come with ramifications. The past, the past of the the paths, not past. The paths of the history are long, and their foundations run deep. You should not do this. And Kyle says. It's amazing. You really are incapable of deceit. You've only told me what, that I shouldn't do it. Shouldn't and not can't. You know I'm able to do this. And then he starts trying to convince Hal. You know, like, what if I could take it all back? You know, the destruction of Coast City, you know, you know what, what you became, all of it. And Hal says, but where does it end? How do you choose what you will rewrite? How do you, or do you spend all eternity undoing all the wrongs that have ever been? He says, no, Hal, I would do this. I would just do this for you. And Hal says, Kyle, I do not know if you believe in fate, if you believe that everything happens for a reason, that there is a plan, a purpose to it all. He's just, I'm telling you, I do not know that despite the great power you wield, you are but a man who wields it. That alone should stay your hand. Please, Kyle, it is done. 
the choice, as always, is yours. Got <laughs> <laughs> some planet shout out. <clears throat> and then shout out to my hometown out of freaking nowhere. <clears throat> Kyle is in Austin, Texas. No idea where. Just don't ask. I'm not wrecking this. This is any generic neighborhood in any town USA, guys. Sorry. Um, rings a doorbell and a man comes to the door. And he says, uh, are you Raymond Hauser? Uh, used to go to them by the name of Aaron Rayner. I'm your son, Kyle Rayner. Comes back in, has some tea, some coffee, something like that. Um, and uh, he says, uh, you know, my mother told me some. She told me that you were involved in the military. She told me that you disappeared, that you walked out on us. She says, well, she didn't lie. Um, you should know the whole story. Uh, my birth name is Gabriel Vasquez. I was born in Mexico. My parents came over when I was still a baby. Uh, and goes into this uh, stuff about his time in the CIA, that he was a good company man. Uh, met his Kyle's mother. They fell in love. Uh, his cover got blown. He, you know, he, he came clean, and she agreed to leave with him for America. They were married. He got a desk job in Washington, but he was restless. He wasn't cut out for the nine to five, and it was hard. They had him a year later, and he just left. Uh, he took a deep cover assignment in the Middle East, and he never looked back. Uh, and there isn't much to say after that. With his power, his eye on though, he knows that he's lying. Um. And uh, I've been toying with it for days. I was only in the moment I did the sidestep moral dilemma, and I figured out the truth. Like, he's basically figured out how to become a human lie detector. Um, what he does, he's even able to see what the real truth of it is. Um, he, he was never restless. He was anything but. He was happy uh, to not be in the field. Uh, the higher-ups felt that he was wasting his talent. They wanted him back. Uh, they, you know, his old operations had resurfaced. The only people that he could kill. Um, uh, and then when the pressure to return to the job took on a threatening air, they dropped everything and ran. They moved every three months for the next year. It was hard. Then someone at the agency got vengeful. They tracked them down and leaked Gabe's whereabouts to an old contact. I suppose they felt that if the company couldn't get him back, why let him live? Uh, they barely got out of everything alive. They ran for a few more months, but my mother had enough. She couldn't run anymore. She didn't want this life for herself or me. That's why he's lying. He thinks he thinks I will blame her. And it was hard for him, and it was a, a whole thing. They, they talk, they catch up, and they part ways, and Kyle goes off. And then it says... Gabriel Vasquez is a man of many secrets, even more than his son has found out today. Kyle Rayner's ability to read a person's thoughts is very new to him, very raw. He could only see the images of what were on top, the memories that were stirred. Or maybe Kyle just found what he was looking for and dug no deeper. If he had, he might have found out so much more. Gabriel Vasquez is a man of many secrets. He knows his son has a few as well. And he's got a scrapbook together of Kyle Rayner's time as Green Lantern, including his time just as as Kyle. Yes, um, that, that that's that's a nice touch too. You know the too. stuff he does for Feast Magazine, the art he does, and stuff like it. So it's not just his career as Green Lantern; it's his career as Kyle Rayner as well. He's got and a baby scrapbook pic- of and all baby these pictures. Things. Um, 
And uh, we're, we're getting here to the end, so I'm going to do a little bit more uh, in-depth here. Uh, but this is, this is it. This is why they, this is so great. So here we go. He has decided, and he has listened, and he has learned. From Superman, who advised him on humanity's need to be self-reliant, to the Spectre, who advised him that the past should remain untouched, and from his father. There are ways of righting wrongs by moving forward and not back. Kyle has gone to the planet Oa, uh, and it's been recently reborn. And uh, uh, the Guardians are no more, except for one, and Ganthic greets him. He's like, well, why have you summoned me here? He says, it's for the beginning. And he flies up to the battery and reignites it. He says, the source of all power is, he's flying up to the battery, the source of all power for the mighty rings worn and wielded by the core is the great Green Lantern battery. When Hal Jordan became Parallax, he siphoned all the power it held. In a last effort to ensure some hope of maintaining their purpose of absolute logic and order, the Guardians sacrificed themselves. They perished in the creation of one final lantern's ring. All of their immortal life essences drained from their bodies to give birth to the powerful weapon, leaving only Ganthet to carry out, bestowing the, the ring upon the last candidate. A Green Lantern without the core. A Green Lantern without the teachers to lead him. Absent of the eons of experience and strategy that, that come with joining this army. Abandoned without guidance. It has always weighed heavily upon this lonely immortal. Kyle Rayner knows this. He knows that the power he possesses is not destined for a single man. It is too great for that. The power must be returned to its rightful source. The very core of Oa shakes. A mighty giant has awakened. The power has returned. The power has returned. As well as the beings to safeguard its practice. And out of the flames of the battery come tiny little toddler guardians. And contained in the energy that created the ring that would be Kyle Rayner's was the essence of every guardian who died forming it. And as Ion, he was able to reshape it and give it life again. Ganthet is overjoyed. He's crying. Uh, he says, yes, Ganthet, they are children. The energy that made up their life forces was raw. It felt like children. Or maybe it was just me. Ganthet, the guardians were not perfect. As immortals, I believe they had forgotten what living was truly like. Logic and order are more than than admirable goals, but strict adherence may be too rigid for the living. You can teach them, you can raise them, and you can lead them. If there ever is to be, if there is ever to be an army that utilizes this power, then it will have to be guardians to ma there. Then there will have to be guardians to maintain its purity. Be a father to them all, a father to your race. Um. He go, he thanks Kyle. He gives him a hug, starts teaching him. They they they're gonna call him Papu, <laughs> um, and then Kyle is back on Earth, uh, cuddling with Jenny on the couch. He says, "Well, the power is not exactly all gone. Or I, actually, I I kind of did a couple things. Takes off his ring and throws it off uh, out the window." And she freaks out, but it comes flying back to him. He says, I made a few ring adjustments before I gave up all that ion power. This bad boy can't get away from me anymore. Anyone takes it off, it comes right back. It also doesn't need to be recharged. I do have to charge it to get full power, but it always has a reserve amount. More than enough to get me out of almost anything. It's mine. 
And one last thing. I've been Green Lantern a while now, but I think I've changed, and I think I should make those changes a little more obvious. She says, what do you mean? He says, I mean this. And he changes into the uh, – this is the Jim Lee design costume. Is that right? I think that's correct. That sounds correct. Okay. And she says, he says, what do you think? And she looked great. And he says, I've had a full day, full week, but I feel good. Let's go spread our wings for a while. And the end. They go flying off into the New York night. What do you think? This is this is probably my favorite issue of the of the whole storyline. Um, there, like I said, there were four issues that probably really stand out to me, and this was I've always loved. I I like this issue on multiple levels. I like I liked the exchange between once again between Kyle and Hal. I like the fact how you know Hal is. On multiple levels, trying to warn Kyle about you know what he's trying to do. First of all, not just because of his own personal experience in trying to recreate the past, but also again the idea of something that you know that uh, when Kyle when Kyle is explaining to Hal about how the reason why it's kind of okay if I do this, you know, he says you know that for me for what I am now, you know, time is is not set in stone. It's pliable. It's not. It's not a fabric that will unravel if you pull a, on one string. You know, I can hold all the threads. So basically, what he was saying is that I can save Coast City. I can save you from becoming Parallax. But basically, I can make sure every other major event that 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 basically like Final Night, something that ha- that you know Hal had to be there to save. You know, as Parallax, you know, without Parallax, how would Final Night play out? You know, the same way that Kyle had the ability to basically make sure that everything played out the exact way it had to play out, but yet Hal would still be safe from becoming Parallax and all those things. That I thought that was an interesting, I thought that was an interesting conversation between between the two of them. Uh, I like the fact, you know, that his father was keeping a scrapbook on on. Uh, everything about Kyle, including with the baby pictures and everything else, I I like the fact that the ex, that the the explanation that we're gi- we're given for you know about why the how the guardians are able to be brought back actually makes a- perfect sense. If you're talking about something that a quote unquote retcon technically because if you didn't hadn't seen it done before, this is the way in a way this is the way it should be done. This is the way in a way I keep saying in a way in a way in a way. This is how when Jeff Johns like first started with Rebirth and he kind of did his retcons, that's kind of the approach that he took. It's that it wasn't such a drastic overhaul of anything you'd seen before. It's just like kind of like peeling back the curtain and you get to see a little bit more of it. Now it makes – the explanation we get in this issue would make perfect sense for why the Guardians kind of sacrificed themselves, why they burned, burned themselves out because that never really seemed 100 percent clear why they did that. Other than maybe transferring all their energy into Ganth, it never made, never was quite clear why they would be, you know, why, why they died, why they were burned out husks. And now we basically get the explanation that it wasn't just giving, you know, raw powers that their essences were basically being pulled into that last Green Lantern ring, and it didn't. And Kyle had had no, and Kyle couldn't do anything with it. He couldn't really touch it. He couldn't really feel it. He couldn't really do much, or he couldn't really form it anywhere until he. He basically embraced the the ion power, so kind of again looking at history or things happening for a reason, kind of almost what Hal said about fate. That this is kind of like why you know Kyle was meant to get the ion power too, so he could re- so he could you know bring the guardians back and recharge the central power battery. And so yeah, yeah, it's 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 really good. Yeah, 
And this this is it, guys. This is why I love this story so much. Kyle Rayner, throughout his run as as Green Lantern, from his start right after Emerald Twilight, there are several times, not just in his own book, but in JLA and stuff like that, and even ongoing after that. Um, it's a big theme in Heroes Quest, the novel by Denny O'Neill. It's a big part of Kyle Rayner's character in general that Kyle doubts his ability as Green Lantern, that Kyle doubts that he was supposed to be a hero, that he even has what it takes to be a hero. Okay, And this guy, who no matter what heroic deeds he pulls off, still thinks he is unworthy and inept and all these things from time to time. Then Kyle, not seeking it out, that's very important, not seeking it out, is given the power of a god, feels it, goes after it, embraces it, and just uses it to help. He's not imposing his will on anybody. Despite what you, the conversation you have between Kyle and Superman, he's not imposing his will on anybody. You know, he's, if he is, it's not in a obey me, I am God kind of a rule. Um, you got to get that on 10 act, uh, 10 Dax or however. Yeah, I was just going to, I was just going to say 10, 10 Dax is, 10 Dax would kind of be the potential counter to that if you want, if someone wanted to look at, you know, play devil's advocate because he essentially does, he does absolutely limit their ability. To, he lim, he certainly limits their their free will because he because yeah. if they're free, if if they try to do something that he doesn't approve of, at least from you know using arms and stuff like that, he just basically literally shoots them down. So mm-hmm. he does he absolutely for. You can now we can justify it, you know, in the big picture and say he's doing what's right, or he just, or he's only going to do it for a certain period of time where they learn it's futile, and then they're not going to try it again. But he does exactly. But he does. He there's no doubt he does. In, you know, he he does limit their free will. And and this is it's important that this that that happens before his conversation with Superman. Kyle thinks he's just doing what's right. He is not being a god. Uh, a vengeful god or a uh, all-knowing, all-ruling kind of a god. He's just doing what he thinks is right. And then he has this conversation with Superman, and he takes a step back and thinks about it. He doesn't just say, ah, fuck Superman, he's wrong. You know, uh, he's just jealous or whatever. You know, he says that at first, but then he sees Superman's point. And he goes and he thinks about it. He thinks about it hard. He seeks out the advice of Jenny. He seeks out the advice of, of, of Alan. You know, it's a, it's a whole series of deep thoughts that he goes through. He seeks out the, um, you know, he looks at the past. You know, he takes, he takes it, he takes it all in and kind of considers the past of not just himself, but the Green Lantern Corps in general. He goes and he seeks out his father and tries to define that truth. And he comes to a realization on his own, not influenced by the power or any sort of ego. And he listens to Hal. He doesn't go back. He doesn't change anything. He could. Would take him literally the blink of an eye to do it, but he doesn't. He doesn't do any of it. He figures out another way. And of the million different things Kyle could do, to with this all 
crazy power that he has. Think about it, guys. Kyle could have started his own core. Kyle could have made a billion different rings. <laughs> Kyle could have been his own living central power battery and his own guardian for his own core. Could have done a billion different things like that. But instead, he goes back to Oa, goes back to Gampet, reignites the battery, and brings back the Guardians because he doesn't want it. This is... This is this is what I love about this is this is one of the huge to me one of the huge defining characters uh, characterizations of Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner is a guy who wasn't prepared for this, didn't want this, but is given it, whether it be the ring or the power of Ion, and excels at it. Is a hero to his core, to his heart. It's who he is. And the the people uh, – I can't remember where it was, like what bit of fiction, if it was comic books, but it's a prevailing theme when it comes to godlike power is the people you want wielding that power are the people who don't want it, not the people who seek it out. Yes. Those are the, those are the people who are best suited to that kind of power, the ones who don't want it. Kyle is one of those rare people who doesn't want it. If I were given that power – Guys, like, I can't tell you how many... Okay, total geek moment here. I have had mental scriptings go through my head. What would I do if the multiverse existed? If I suddenly found myself transported in the DC universe, first I would seek out Batman or someone like Batman. Train me physically. And give me all the knowledge I need to become a crime fighter. Do my stuff. Then find Superman. And the Kents, if they're still around. And I'm thinking pre-New 52 Superman. Teach me the humility and the lessons that need to be learned to be a true hero. And then once I find out all this stuff, then go to Oa and tell the Guardians of my, you know, of my world and the fact that we don't have heroes and that there are a lot of things that are going on. And just send me back with a ring. And send me back with a ring that is capable of understanding the languages of the beings in my universe. And give me a ring that does A, B, or C. You know what I mean? Like, just what would I do if the multiverse was real and if I suddenly found myself in the DC universe? How would I convince whomever to let me come back with powers? You know, so, like, this is this is all the stuff I think about. So, like, you know, if I had power, how would I grab it? You know? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Out I'm saying. Out of my way, like, foolish mortal. That's what I'm saying, you know? So... So I, I come up with these crazy – it's completely implausible, guys. I don't really think the mo- that I'm going to be pulled into the DC universe and confront the Guardians and come back to our world with a ring. <laughs> this is just the crazy crap I think about. But that's what I'm – that's kind of what I'm getting at. You know, there are people who go through that. Even hypothetically, you figure out how to grab more power. You know, how, if, if, you know, I need a new desktop computer and I need this, well, how do I get more money? You know, if I had speed, yeah, I'd like to think I'd – if I had super speed, yeah, I'd like to think I'd save people, but I think I think I'm gonna hit up a few ATMs first, uh, just before anyone knows I exist, just to kind of set myself up. You know what I mean? That's the kind of things you think about. Kyle's not that guy. Kyle takes care of everything else. He doesn't want this power, and he helps himself out. He he likes being Green Lantern, but he doesn't do anything crazy. Like he has the power of Ion. And yes, he does the Tendax thing and uh, helps the Justice League and helps his planet and does all the stuff he would normally do as Green Lantern. It's just all at once this time. 
but he cures John. He take he gives Jade her power back. You know, like these are like he's just doing these things because he can and they're his friends. You know, and stuff like that. And then he does Ganthet. He takes gives the power back to oh, this is this is why I love this story so much. And I'm kind of repeating myself and rambling, so I'm gonna shut up now. But this is why I love it. Because Kyle is given this imaginable power, unimaginable power that he doesn't want, and gives it all back. I mean, who does that? If you think about it, like really, like philosophically, think about it. If you were given the power to do anything, to fix the world, to, you know, make sure your family was happy and healthy and have the home you always wanted and the life you always wanted and the amount of money you always wanted and the things you always wanted and bring world about world peace and do whatever you want. It's if you just had the imagination. Remember, remember uh, uh, Emerald Twilight? Yep. You know, you could do anything if you just had the, if you just wanted it badly enough. If you were given that power, would you really give it back and get rid of it? I know for sure I wouldn't. It would be That's hard not to. Me. Huh? It, would be, it would be hard to. There's no doubt about that. At least without like doing some of the stuff that Kyle did, or said, or setting some fail safes in place before you did it. Exactly. So this this is why I like the story. Like we keep saying that there needs to be more characterization moments in Green Lantern. This is it. They told an epic story with lots of action beats, but you also got this huge amount of characterization in it for multiple characters, not just Kyle. The biggest one, of course, is Kyle, but like that one issue with John, like that is, that's it. That to me, that's what I want out of a comic book. I want great action, but that tells me more about a character as we go. Like this, this is that story. Like this is, I don't want to call it a perfect story because I think there are other comics out there that are really extremely well crafted uh, and a great balance of various things for that particular character in that particular universe. But this is damn near close to it, guys. For a Green Lantern story, this is da- this is the top for me. I love this story. The thing that is, like you mentioned about characterization, the thing that's really good about this storyline is when you really think about it, there are so many key key components of the Green Lantern mythos that have lots of good moments in this whole thing. That, you mean, John, Alan Scott, Jade, uh, Hal... Hal, I think, has a lot of good moments. Even though he's not really per capita, he's only there's only like a few pages of Hal, pretty much in this entire thing, even going to the setup for this. But they all matter a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of good moments there with you know with, with with Hal and Kyle, and again their their relationship. And I just think that it's. I mean, obviously they don't do as much with you know with Marin and things like that, and she's not nearly as relevant clearly. But there's a lot. You know, there's just a lot of there's a there's a great deal of material. And and seeing and character study wise for all of them and how they how they do factor and then you can add in obviously Superman has his moments and even uh, to a much lesser extent you know uh, Martian Manhunter because he, he's actually in you know some of the he has an appearance in some of the issues that I summarized to begin with. Uh, don't forget Alan. I said Alan. Oh okay, sorry. Yeah yeah Alan Alan yeah Alan has a lot of. Alan probably is the one who has, along with Jade, probably has the most in it besides John and Kyle and then Hal to a lesser extent. But like I said, he's really relevant when he shows up. 
I like the fact that there's a symmetry to the end of an issue 150 because of the fact that, in a way, even though he may not have seen it this way at the time when it happened, Ganth had gave Kyle a big gift. And Kyle basically has come to see that becoming Green Lantern as a gift. That is something that is part of who he is and that he appreciates getting it. And in a way, this issue is like, you know, it's returning the favor because he basically is bestowing a gift onto Ganthet. He is, you know, he knows that, you know, the Ganthet's been alone. He knows that obviously that weighs on Ganthet. So not only, but, and he's kind of like, he's setting, he's kind of like setting things back to the way it was, basically back to ground zero. You know, the central power battery was recreated in the, you know, the, in legacy, the last, you know, will and testament of Hal Jordan. So that central power battery, Hal, you know, holding the battery, was recreated as well as Oa in that. So Kyle returns the power. The central power battery is now functioning. Uh, so obviously right there, that opens the door for you know the recreation of the Green Lantern Corps. And of course now the Guardians themselves have been re- recreated. So I like I liked the symmetry there and Kyle also returning the gift, returning the, the gift to Ganthet. So the storyline yeah. itself, storyline itself is really, really good. The only thing when I, I know when I first read it that even though I guess I, I kind of can view it more maybe objectively now and say, okay, it's possible. The one thing I did, that always kind of bugged me when I first read it was the idea that you take a teeny tiny sliver of Kyle's power and a teeny tiny sliver of the parallax power and you mix them together and somehow you end up with a power which is greater than, than like when Hal was parallax. Something, something about that never really resonated to me. Maybe it's because I was, you know, I liked Hal's parallax so much back then. Maybe that's one of the reasons of his harder. I know it's it's possible that you you know you mix a little piece of this and a little piece of that, and what you get is a lot different than, and maybe stronger than what than the two piece the two individual pieces. That the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. But at the time, that was something that was always kind of hard for me to buy into. That it was just, you know a, teen, a little bit of Kyle's power, very small part of Hal's power, and boom, all of a sudden he has so much more power seemingly than Hal did when he was mm-hmm. parallax. But. Well, that we'll, was... get to, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to it when we get to the uh, State of the Green Lantern Union panel uh, episode that we want to do. Yes. Um, because I've really been thinking about this a lot, uh, and that's something I want to bring up. That so let me give you a thousand uh, kind of encapsulation of it. Okay. We're not going to get into this now, guys. We're just gonna I'm just gonna bring up the thought because it relates to what Mark just said. What you said earlier about what you like about retcons is the fact that it's not a out and out restructuring and retelling it's more of a revealing a little bit that you didn't know that fits in right. with with what you already knew <clears throat> to me how jordan was possessed by parallax who was um you know and i'm talking about because remember guys i read i started reading green lantern regularly after the rage of the red lanterns final crisis one shot so this Power of Ion story I love so much, I came to after knowing what the Green Lantern Corps was under Jeff Johns. So to me, Kyle Rayner as Ion absorbed a dormant parallax, absorbed the power of the Guardians, absorbed the power of the central power battery, had his own power, and most importantly, I think he absorbed Ion. And I mean the entity. I also yeah, well, think. Yeah, we can, I, I also think that Hal Jordan Parallax during Emerald Twilight absorbed Ion. I also think it would be a great story if we found out 
that Ky- that Hal Jordan really was responsible for his actions as Parallax. That he had both Parallax and Ion inside of him, and Parallax was like a little devil on his shoulder whispering in his ear that gave him these ideas. But Ion balanced it out so that Parallax wasn't con- in complete control of Hal. And Hal is responsible for his actions as his Parallax, and is living with that. And that's why he's having so many screw-ups right now. I would love for that to be revealed right now. Now, yeah, it definitely is a topic, and like yeah. you said, we won't go. We won't go. With, I won't say much about it now either, because it's an interesting philosophical ass t- discussion. And there's some points, and there's some parts of it, pro and con. I do think that the explanation for why Kyle, at least, why was yeah. so powerful, that's would be stronger if, at the very least, it was that he did have the Ion entity in him. That it basically yeah. was the that Ion, the entity, sought out. The power that was that he sought out the power that was mixed between uh, the oblivion creation and the remnant of Hal's energy in the sun. That ion that was freed, maybe not either freed during Emerald Twilight or freed when Hal died. That he sought out that power. So Kyle basically was absorbing all that plus the entity, and that would make that would probably more be more of a realistic explanation to me for why he was so more powerful, supposedly anyway, than Hal was. During the time he was his parallax. Exactly, that's why I brought it up. Right, and then you we'll, know, but we can think, talk about think, the details more. Yeah. You, you say what you say in the issues about the power that's left over in the sun, but I think there's more to it than that. You know, it's a dormant entity of parallax. It is ion. It is the power of the central power battery. It is oblivion. It is the power of the guardians. It is a shit ton of power, just there sitting in the sun, and that's 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 why I think he becomes this all powerful. He's He's taking a crap ton of stuff, and that's again, that's why I like the 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 new Guardian stuff. And I brought it up when we were reviewing that when Kyle was a White Lantern, because I love the story so much. If anybody, when when I told when I said in that story, uh, when that storyline was happening, if anybody got the power of the White Lantern, I wanted it to be Kyle. It's because of this, because I know Kyle, and I know that Kyle is the one that can handle this. Yes, it would be cool to have Hal be a White Lantern and all this stuff, but out of the out of the Earth Lanterns, to me, Kyle's the only one that's meant for it. Like he's to me, Kyle is forever the torchbearer, in one way or another. He either houses the power of Ion, he's the lone Green Lantern, or he's the White Lantern. You know, like he is the torchbearer in some way, shape, or form. And technically speaking. Again, we and this might come up during the panel, might not though. That he, and I think we've, this has come up in previous episodes as far as maybe explaining it away because while he was Ion the second time, maybe it was only specifically applied to to having Ion in him in him, but it was never said that way. It was just said about Kyle as, as an individual. Now, technically speaking, the Guardians had said, you know, in that Ion miniseries, they said to Kyle that you, that he is the torchbearer, and as long as Kyle is essential is alive, that technically speaking, he could bring the Guardians back again. Now, mm. a lot of people have read that and say, oh, they're only saying that because he had because of the Ion power in him, and they may be accurate from the point of view that he's only capable of physically doing it while he has Ion in him. But the idea is that, but the concept is still there. As long as Kyle is alive, some way that there's possible that he could still bring the Guardians back. So he still kind of is on that level potentially the torch bearer once again for you know to to do the same thing he did before. He may not maybe he does need to have Ion back in him or maybe as the White Lantern 
you know, because he harnesses the entire spectrum, maybe he's capable of doing it when if he needed to just with that power. But that's but he is, you know, that is that is his unique role. And and discussing, you know, the events of besides the fact of returning the gift to Ganthe, what made it so important a decision again about giving back is the fact that even though yes, Kyle has toyed with the idea of starting a core before and and what to do and you know all these things about you know being maybe sometimes reg- regretting the fact that basically he's by himself, which you could you could look you could you know analyze him and say maybe that's part of the reason why he you know he is really sought out early on in his tenure as Green Lantern, sought out to have the relationships with Alan and John and Guy because it's the closest thing to having comrades in arms that he could have. But he never but he kind of had grown used to being the only Green Lantern. That was his role. And so the fact that he would be willing to not just give the power back of Ion but basically set the stage for for him to basically just be one of the crowd at some point down the road, even though I, I'm sure he would have thought he would have had, held a prominent role if that ever happened. But still, that still was a pretty big decision right there. That when you're when you're one of something, when you when you're the last one, or when or when you're the only one, and you're willingly kind of w- being willing to take a step back and be one of the crowd, that also says a lot about your character. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, at a, at a, at a encapsulated traded version at a. As a character piece, you know, we kind of said why we like this story. What about uh, kind of a, whether it be an artistic thing or a kind of snapshot thing, what are some things you also liked about the story? I'll kind of lead off here. Uh, In the issues that you brought up at the beginning, that scene between Alan and Kyle in in the diner, love it. I can see those panels in my mind's eye right now. I can see exactly what that chick looks like with the tattoos and stuff like that. I, I, I can see it all in my mind's eye. I love that panel. Um, another one, even though I wasn't particularly fond of the art in this particular issue, um, of the in the Jade issue, when Kyle and uh, Jade, Marin, and John go out to the club and dance, love it. Love that moment. Because when... <laughs> When do we get those these days, guys? When do we get those moments of downtime heroes just having fun as humans or aliens or whatever? Like, when we don't get that anymore. But we got an issue that focused on Jade that had a lot of downtime moments that included taking time to make sure that these characters go out and celebrate life and the new direction that they're going in and where their lives are and how John is doing by going out and dancing at a club. Like they, they could have suggested, Oh great, John, uh, Kyle's going to make you a ring and, uh, and we're all going to go out and fight some bad guys so you could feel alive again. And that could have been the story, but no, they went with, let's go out to a club and go dancing. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, when you really think about it, going back from all these issues, that there's a lot of there are are a lot of downtime moments. Really, there's a lot of non-action moments, but they work so well. I mm. mean, even if you go back to uh, the the first two issues when they when they were on Tendax, that there's a lot of that issue is just about John and John, just about Kyle and Jenny, you know, with downtime. Mm-hmm. You know, like when they're on when they're on the beach when he basically is covering her boobs up with the censored sign <laughs> mm-hmm. when she's sunbathing topless or or the fact that when they're having you know when they're having their dinner or the way Kyle continue you know, plays with 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 the, with the 
with the leader's daughter and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and how he he himself even comments on, you know, he's quite different from Hal Hal Jordan. That I don't think I, that Green that Green Lantern or whatever, you know, basically takes some time to play with, you know, play with my daughter or whatever. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of downtime moments in this, and even you can even look at some of the downtown downtime stuff between John and Fatality. Which, as we know, like I said, now I, I think in a way that stuff plays better now because we, we know how their relationship changed over the years. Mm-hmm. And how much closer they ended up getting and then obviously not as close now <laughs> for multiple reasons. But I, I, did, I, did like a lo- I did like a lot of that stuff too. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. And, then, and, then the, and again, talking about the artwork, a lot of the stuff, especially once Kyle was kind of like fighting for the ion power or about to fight for the ion power, that, I mean, that artwork was really, really sharp. Mm-hmm. And Kyle and Kyle looks really really good in those issues too. Yeah, most of that most of that was the Eagle Sham art, I think. I, I want think. a Kyle Rayner figure in this costume so bad. That's true. That is weird that they've never really done that. I want it so bad. <laughs> yeah, there are, a lot, there, are a lot, there are a lot of cool figures actually from in of uniforms that we've never. I mean, we, we haven't gotten Kyle as a White Lantern. We never got that Super Lantern Kyle figure from the beginning of the New Guardian series that you thought was, you thought almost was tailor made. They basically almost created it to have a action figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's be honest. But as as we'll we can talk about more when we do our panel discussion, I think that also says a lot about the state of the Green Lantern franchise. True. <laughs> hmm. sure. Okay, well, I mean, this is this is one of my favorite story guys stories, guys. So I'm never gonna feel like we gave it enough attention. But uh, Mark, is there anything else you want to say about this particular story before we wrap up? Oh, sure, but we probably should we should listen to Jim's mail, right? So we could comment we, on it. We should, we should. So, so why don't we take a few minutes and do that, and we'll play J- Jim's if pseudo voicemail. He actually just he made a recording for us. So let's both listen to that, and then we'll we'll be right back. Alrighty, guys. Hi guys, it's Jim. Just wanted to record a little something for your Power of Ion storyline episode since I can't be there to record with you guys. It's one of my favorite stories. It's It was so much fun to, to read that it, it's one of those few storylines where I was going to the comic book store like the day that each issue was released to make sure that I could get the issue as soon as possible because I could not wait to read the next installment. It's just, it was so much fun. It's, it was, uh, you know, it's Judd Winnick writing. It was Dale Eaglesham on art uh, for, for, for most of it, I think. And, uh, you know, like it was a long time coming with the, the Circle of Fire storyline that kind of like laid the ground, you know, the, the, well, you know, it laid the groundwork. And then the Our Worlds at War one shot, like that, you know, that seriously was was getting getting you ready for it. It was just it's such a fun story. I'm I'm sure that you, you guys are you know having a blast rec- you know reviewing it, and I can't wait to listen to the episode. But um, what you call it? I actually I got to meet Judd Winnick for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. He was doing a book signing at a local bookstore, and I got the Power of Ion trade signed by him, you know, and I got to, I got to thank him and I got to tell him that like, that's my favorite story. Like, you know, he wrote this, this story that means so much to me. And he said, you know, he's, he was like flipping through it and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I remember this. He said, he's like, this is what started it all for me. He's like, after this storyline, you know, came out, Dan DiDio 
like who had just started working at DC, like took notice of, of that particular storyline and said to him, it's like, we got to get you on, you know, doing some other stuff too. And, and after that, his career just kind of exploded. So he has, he, you know, he has a lot of fond memories of, of this story as well. You know, it's, it's one of those highlights from the, the Kyle run, you know, it was one of my favorite, you know, characters and you know this is this is one of the highlights of it so you know just I'm, I'm sure you guys will you know tackle all the the nitty-gritty details but you know just I have so much love for this story and uh I wanted to to make sure that you know I got this into the episode just to just you know to, to share how much I love it so that's uh, that's it I'll uh, I'll stop rambling now um Talk to you guys later. All right. That was Jim's thoughts. Glad he was able to get that in. Yeah, it's too bad he couldn't have made the episode, but... Yeah, um, definitely, uh, I mean, obviously, he didn't get into any specifics, but the definitely echo his sentiments, obviously, since you guys have been listening to the episode. Uh, a lot of his sentiments echo there. It's cool that he got to finally meet uh, Judd Winnick. Um, uh, I know that he got... Uh, uh, issue 150, uh, John, uh, Jim brought issue 150 to get it signed for me by Judd So uh, when he went to go meet him that day. So uh, that's yet another thing Jim owes me that he probably won't ever ship me. Uh, well, he, he won't now. You should not have said that. Edit it out, Chad. Edit it out. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll leave it what what Chad meant to say is he's he, he sure you will send it soon, Jim. <laughs> it's all right. I've got some stuff of his that he wants. Uh, he wanted the, all the issues of Millennium, like the original series, so I got it for him, and I still have it. <laughs> so I just... think he wanted all the issues of Threshold signed. <laughs> uh, just as bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I, I like that uh, not only does Jim have a fond memory for it, which, you know, I've known all along, but uh, evidently so does Judd. Oh, yeah, well, I think I would... I mean, I remember, I think, when this first... I think it was around the time this first first came out, or maybe shortly after he left, they just talked about, you know, basically how this was like setting the stage for how he would have brought back the Green Lantern Corps. I might have been, it might have been before, just before this, before the Ion story played out, saying that he had, you know, he had his own ideas for maybe how to bring back the Corps. So it would be interesting if we ever got him on to actually ask him what the, you know, basically if he had stayed on the book and he had free reign, how he would have, what his plans were to bring back, you know. A little bit more. I mean, or whether Hal would have been included in that, or things like that. I mean, he basically did get he, he did get to you know he did get to basically do the important part in the Ion storyline. You know, he did kind of recreate recreate the Guardians and he recreated the Central Power Battery. But it just would be interesting if he had kind of like in his mind's eye how he kind of saw the you know the core being recreated. Whether it was going to be baby steps or a big event bringing you know forcing them to to get a bunch of recruits all at once. Or but yeah, it, it's. It's certainly a storyline that holds up pretty well. Yeah, he definitely. Uh, it's definitely a setting the stage, uh, uh, sort of issue, uh, or series of issues in a storyline. Um, so I know that um, uh, one other person who really enjoys this story was actually Sean Engel. Uh, Sean Engel, uh, for those of you who remember, Sean Engel was running uh, over on the Just One uh, uh, on the Two True Freaks Network was running the Just One of the Guys podcast, going over. The, kind of the 90s Green Lantern stuff. You know, the Hal Jordan into the Kyle Rayner, uh, Guy Gardner, uh, Warrior, that kind of stuff. Um, and I told uh, Sean a long time ago, man, when you get 
when you get to these episodes, you get you gotta have me on because <laughs> you're gonna get to them before uh, before uh, before we do on the Lantern Cast, and I just I, I gotta. I, I need like my fix. <laughs> I need to talk to somebody about this. Um, so he reviewed. Um, now remember, guys, I said that 143 is uh, uh, issue 143 is the one that's um, you know like the last couple of pages are relevant. If you want to just seek out full issues completely relevant to the story, that's 145 through 150. Um, so on actually on episode, uh, starting with episode 144 of just one of the guys, uh, out, uh, uh, December of last year, uh, he was, uh, uh, talking, he actually brought on various guest hosts to, for each of these episodes. So, uh, episode 144 through 150, uh, he talks about, uh, all of, all of these things. Um, and his reaction to it once he gets to episode one or issue 150, because I told him I actually appeared on one of these episodes. Um, it was the uh, Green Lantern uh, uh, 146, the ones entitled Green Lantern No More. Um, and, you know, with all the stuff that, uh, you know, that's going on with with uh, with Kyle seizing this power and, and stuff like this. Uh, that's the one I was, uh, so, so episode 146 I was on, he was happy. I told him then, I said, man, when you get to 150, like you're going to see, cause he hadn't read it at the, at the time. Like he was reading it right before he recorded the episode. Nice. It's just sick. Yeah. So, so he was kind of experiencing it roughly as the listener was listening to his coverage of it. So, so when you get to 150 episode 150, you can really hear Sean, like, <laughs> just gush. <laughs> so, uh, so you definitely should listen to Sean Engel's show. And like I said, it's over now, but I highly recommend you listen to it anyways. Uh, it's still available on iTunes. So I would highly recommend checking out. And again, that's just one of the guys, uh, the podcast over on the two true freaks network. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Don't listen to Chad. Check, check it out. Mm-hmm. Very good podcast. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to say? About this uh, before we wrap it up? Um, probably not about this. I was gonna throw out there for a second. Uh, should we talk? Should we talk about uh, the Edge of Oblivion real quick? Since we did talk about the uh, Lost Army in our last episode, <laughs> in our last episode, the the demise of the Lost Army. I mean, you you can for a second. So pretty much. We were wondering when Lost, you know, when the storyline of Lost Army was going to be concluded, and apparently we won't be waiting very long at all because starting in January we have, I believe, the sixth issue miniseries, Green Lantern: Edge of Oblivion by Tom Taylor and art by Ethan Van Skyver, mm-hmm. which is we'll wrap up that storyline, probably getting the Green Lanterns back into our universe at the end. Uh, the only thing that surprised me about that was, of course, that they announced it so quick, but yet Cullen Bunn isn't involved in it, so that kind of surprised me a little. Mm. It's, it's, it's still something about that still seemed kind of odd that you know he was supposed to be writing the whole series which probably would have only been about 12 issues anyway and then you probably and then you cut kind of cut him off at the knees for for six of those issues then you pick up a month or so later and now you have somebody else writing it so unless they're putting him on another book they figured it just seems a little odd to me but yeah it almost feels like some shady shit going down yeah I mean, obviously we don't know for yeah sure, we absolutely don't it know fe- it feels shady yeah there's something about it that doesn't quite jibe it doesn't quite seem 
right. You would think he would have been the one writing it. The Van Skyver thing is a nice surprise, having mm-hmm. him do the art. So that, and at least we we will get a resolution to the storyline relatively quick, and probably at least time wise, that really won't throw off the. That'll still probably work well with however that was going to play out in the Sinestro book, since obviously a large part of the Sinestro plot right now revolves around uh, replacing the Green Lantern Corps. So, yeah. So that's pretty. It, it it makes it makes me wonder how long Cullen is going to be on the Sinestro book. They might not be related, but well, actually, in a way, you could make a case that may be a bigger issue, especially if you factor in sale. Maybe how long the Sinestro book is going to be around. Hmm. Uh, it seems. See, you never can tell because obviously we were thought Lost Army was telling too big a story for that to be, you know, kind of pulled out even temporarily, have the rug pulled out from underneath you. But Sinestro is clearly telling a big story, which is kind of like the it's kind of become the Lantern Corps book covering all the other cores right now, with obviously low, overflowing in, into Lobo. So if it, to lose that book would be really hard right now, even though you assume you're going to get another Green Lantern Corps book probably after Edge of Oblivion wraps up, you're probably going to get another core book. But, I don't know. I hope Sinestro continues, because I think they're telling good stories, and I obviously hope Cullen Bunn stays on it for a while, since he's done a really good job. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, if we get a change of creative teams on that book in the near future, then probably you might be, you might very well be correct that maybe there was something that went on with the whole Lantern thing that kind of got him off the Lantern family of books. But we can talk yeah. about that in the panel discussion, too. For sure. Um, so, uh, that's going to do it for this, uh, episode guys. And should we tell them? Oh, what the next episode is? Uh-huh. Well, go ahead. Tell them Bar- barring any technical difficulties. This is what Chad is going to tell you what our exciting new F- next episode is going to be. So we finally did an episode that I've wanted to do for literally years. Obviously extremely excited about it pretty high point in comic reviewing and discussion for me. So now we're going to do an episode that Nobs and neither one of us wanted to do. (laughs) Releasing on Halloween. We are going to finish our coverage of Threshold. (laughs) That means we are covering Threshold number four through eight. I was re-listening to uh, episode 200 today. Uh, kind of been scouring old episodes for some clips I, I need for various things. And I uh, remember one of our uh, listeners saying that he thought that we still had to cover issues 4 through 12. Threshold was an eight-issue series, folks. It was canceled after issue number eight. Jim and Dan and I all covered the uh, the uh, backups in the backup in the annual, the New Guardians annual, as well as the first three issues of Threshold. Yes, those count. We are not going to re-review those issues. We are only doing what we promised we'd do, finishing out Threshold. What we, could, what we probably can do is just, as a, is just to be kind is maybe include the link to the original episode. Maybe, but Which we, we will. Yeah, we'll po- we'll post that underneath so people can, if they want to listen, if they want to basically, for for the for the sadomasochists out there that really want their complete threshold fixed all in one setting, or to go, they don't remember the you know the original episode, which probably nobody does, that they can go back and listen to the original episode and then hmm. watch us do our best to stay awake as we do uh, as we go through them. Uh, and and just just for coding guys. 
Um, we're not going to be re-releasing episodes uh, into the iTunes feed uh, just because of the way all that works uh, coding-wise and logistically. Um, so if you want to find – and we'll mention this, of course, in the Threshold episode. But if you want to re-listen to that old uh, episode of uh, Jim, Dan, and I covering Threshold, um, go to lanterncast.com. And underneath the link to download that that new episode to list to listen to Mark and I finish out Threshold, there will be a link so that you can download direct from our site the old Threshold episode so that you can listen to it. So there you will not be able to find it on Stitcher or iTunes. You will have to go to LanternCast.com to find it. So I assume we're going to be oh, we're going to do did you, did you guys do the lore fleas parts of it too? Yes. So we're going to just do the lore fleas parts of Threshold because obviously they they they. By the time you get to the end of this part of Threshold, they switch to a second backup story, which we don't give a shit about. Um, no, 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 no. We, di- we didn't do the Larflees parts. We we talked about oh, okay. the thresh- threshold parts of Larflees, but not Larflees. I don't remember, honestly, to be to be honest with you. And Wait. I I would I would like to think we will we'll cover th- uh, uh, the Larflees series eventually, since it was a twelve issue series, probably in you know part one, part two episodes. Right. Um, but guys, I'm not promising anything on that one. So you can't hold us to any sort of timetable on that. <laughs> but the one thing we definitely won't do is like, it looks like in the final, the final few episodes, final few issues of what we're going to be reviewing, they switched to that star Hawkins backup story, which we don't care about. No. Yeah. Threshold only guys. So threshold is finally coming. Hold on to your butts because just as we record this particular episode, it's relevant. It's not going to be relevant when this posts. But when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some <laughs> serious shit. Back to the future! <laughs> All right, guys. This, that's it for this episode. Freaking loved it. Definitely leave us your feedback. Mark, how can they do that? The email address, lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Uh, visit, visit our website, lanterncast.com, get our latest episodes, Ring Cyclopedia episodes. Uh, posted one not that long ago, we'll be posting another one soon. Our, the Dark Star reviews are posted there, and other news and tidbits are there as well. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can use hashtag GLCast to locate us on all of those. We are on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you'd like us there, please leave us positive reviews. And last but not least, if you would like to contact us, 708-Lantern is the voicemail. 708-Lantern, call us, leave us a message, and let us know what you think. All right, guys, next episode, Threshold. God help us. your butts. All right, guys, talk to you later. Good night, everybody.